everyone, I'm Emma, a certified dog trainer. And I'm Kirsten, a certified dog behavior consultant. And this is Dog Chats. Join us as we chat about dog behavior, having fun with your dogs, and building relationships. We will offer practical advice and a bit of humor. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 11. Today we're going to talk a little about dog body language. How dogs are feeling, what they're saying to us, what they're saying to each other. Um, and even at the end, how we can teach you to talk a little dog so you can communicate back with your own dogs. And you can tell from the excitement in my voice that this is something <laughs> I'm so passionate about. We love hearing what dogs have to say. Kind of what got us thinking about doing this podcast was we were walking along the water the other weekend and had coffees and we were having an intense discussion, but we both kept interrupting ourselves <laughs> to stop talking because there was so much interesting dog drama and people drama and dog body language happening around us on the water sometimes it's kind of like when you watch it all the time every day and yeah. you're always watching it then sometimes you can't even relax you're just kind of watching the body language going oh, what's gonna happen or you're like oh that looks great um in this case on our walk that that was the case we were like going oh. <laughs> so. right ignorance is bliss i you know <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I see people who are just completely unaware and it must be nice to just, you know, let them Yes, sometimes go. when people are oblivious to dogs' body language, when they're out there playing with other dogs or whatever, sometimes the dogs just do just fine. With that. But with us, it's really hard to to watch and kind of be understanding what we're seeing and kind of relax into it as well. <laughs> it's funny, I was thinking also the other day, it was like, I don't know if you've ever been in another country and you haven't heard English for a while. <laughs> and then all of a sudden somebody starts speaking English and you're just drawn to that. That's being out with Emma and walking is so fun to, you know, yes analyze the dogs together i think i think my husband would think differently because i'm like okay we're not going over there because that dog doesn't look like it's going to like our dog we're going we're going to walk the other way whereas he probably just would have walked straight into it and, uh, and it would have been fine yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so the other thing with us too is when we when we're going to our clients houses uh for the first time and every session obviously we go into we're looking at the body language but as soon as we walk in the door we're watching the dogs we're watching what they're saying. We're watching the engagement. Um, you know, we have different we have different things that we're looking for because of what we specialize in. So when I walk into a house and see a puppy, I'm looking for engagement. I'm looking for loose body. Is he coming up and saying hi? Is he comfortable with with the people in the house? Is he comfortable with me? Is he doing all those um, puppy behaviors, wagging his tail, coming over and jumping on me? Like those are things I'm kind of watching just to see where we're at and um, how to work forward. And, and of course, with you, Kirsten, you have different things that you look for when you walk into the house. Oh, yeah. Um, it, the other day I went to go see a dog and the person opened the door and was holding the dog by the collar and said, don't worry, he's not going to bite you. And I looked at that dog and I thought... I'm not so sure you know that, um, you know, and, and so I can't even, I'm not even listening really to what the people are saying initially. Yes. I'm listening to what the dog is saying. Does it want space? Is yeah, it yeah. coming in for a sniff? Does it need me to lower my head and look away? Yeah. And that's, and that's really important too. When we go in there and we are assessing that uh, and we just do it naturally because that's what we do every day. We are also changing our body language 
to adjust to how the dog is seeing us in that moment. So if I went in and saw a shy puppy, I wouldn't go right over there and, you know, be petting him and lifting him up, or, you know. I'd just be yeah. taking my time with him and letting him feel comfortable and have some choice about moving away from me if he wanted to. And we have such a complex job because we're also watching the human, right? And the human is watching us. Mm -hmm. And if this is the first impression, it's, sometimes it's tricky because I know that I have to come in and be very polite to the dog. And being polite to the dog sometimes looks like I'm weak or insecure or aloof and don't like dogs exactly <laughs> and so i know sometimes the client's looking at me like really this is the dog trainer like, um, it's fascinating so we're juggling trying to speak to the client in an engaging conversational way but show the dog you know just a calm quiet body exactly so in talking about that let's kind of get into you know what are the things about dog expressions what are they telling us um, and that, you know, thinking, why do we need to know how the dog's feeling? Mm -hmm. That's just because that's for us is the whole direction that the interaction is going to take. Yeah. You know, whether it's our own dogs or the client dog, we really have to know, is this dog happy, afraid, mm -hmm. fearful, curious? Um, and so what are some of the things that, like, when, when you know Buddy is happy, what does that look like? Oh my goodness, that dog is happy all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Although actually, you know, recently I have to say our neighbors were getting their roof redone and there was a nail gun going off. And his body language told me everything. He kind of just went down a little lower, like he's a chihuahua mix. He went down a little lower, but, but his head kind of tilted up and he heard the noise. Then his tail went down. He has a little bit of a curly tail. His tail went down and then he took off to the other side of the yard. So, while still kind of looking back. Yeah. Um, that, you know, obviously I could tell there's something that just frightened him. And it yeah. took me a minute because I think we're not aware of everything in the environment. And I was like, it's the nail guns, yeah. the nail gun on the roof. That That's what's frightening him. That is like what you see sometimes if there's, and I don't know what his past is, but it seems like those banging noises definitely change his body language. But most of the time he's happy, happy, happy. But what about one of your dogs when you see um, they're unsure of something in, in the environment? Dakota is fascinating because she does so much with her tail. And, you know, it's that classic, oh, she's wagging her tail. But it's up, super stiff, flagging, little teeny movements, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and it confuses people because they're like, oh, she's happy. She's wagging her tail when really she's super stressed. And that's a great thing, too, about thinking about tails is a lot of people think a wagging tail is a happy tail. Yeah. So let's chat about the tail for a little bit, you know. So yeah. and of course, we are we're we're um, we're not a visual um, episode here, so we have to be really good at trying to explain what it looks like. But like a, a, a comfortable waggy tail should be loose and, and lots of beautiful movement to it and their body should be loose with it. Hip to hip, you know, we want that, that kind of horizontal tail, not wagging high or wagging low, just hitting each hip slowly. Yeah, that's good. The body moving, not a, if it's a stiff body and a wagging tail, yeah, something's wrong with the picture. And then sometimes you see that that um, really stiff tail, like the base is almost in position and then it's just the top of it is just like, we're doing our visuals to each other here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
but you just exactly. see that top and and no, that's usually no. comes with the with then you see the body is stiff and maybe even a little bit more forward and what would you say the dog is saying when when they're like that i think they're on high alert mm -hmm. you know i always feel like the dog is doing two things concentrating but also sending a message to another dog mm -hmm. like hey proceed with caution yes I, I'm, I not, I'm not sure about you yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, I always imagine that there's like a, um, a, a caution sign at the end of that tail. <laughs> and then other, other positions we can see with the tail. And of course, every dog is different with what their tail looks like, but the, but let's talk about the obvious where the tail is a long tail hanging lower than it normally hangs. That, that would be one. And then, yeah. and then actually tucked in between the legs. Right. Right. Super stressed. Yeah. Super yeah. Or, or scared of something in the environment, just not comfortable at all. And it's really important to watch this, like, the t we're just talking about the tail right now, but just when people come up to meet your dog, uh, mm -hmm. you know, even though you think your dog is friendly, to just be looking at what your dog is actually saying. Right. Am I comfortable with this? Am I not? You know, taking a look at the dog and saying, hmm, I don't think he wants to be petted. So he doesn't have to be. Right. And, and remember that might not be wagging. It could be flagging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that makes me think about bear or pug, you know, he was a super social guy, but with that curly tail mm -hmm. or Nikita, you know, other dogs can be tricked up by that Yeah, because they're looking at each other's tails to say what, what, how are we feeling or a docked tail. Exactly. You, know, you don't see anything at all. You might just see the little nub yeah. moving slightly, the, just the hair moving on the back. Mm. So that, that can be hard for another dog to read. Mm -hmm. I feel like our dog Bear got misread a lot. Yeah, tell us about when you ran into the two Newfoundlands the other day. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I was out with um, a dog that I love, um, JC, and um, there's two dogs in his neighborhood that he, that. He has a hard time with when they pass. And I was thinking about it. These dogs, they have the long hair. And mm. so it must be hard for other dogs to read them very well. Like what what's going on with them, with their body language, because there's not much to see uh, mm -hmm. when they're passing by. So I, I think that's interesting, too, on the breeds of dogs. Some of them are a little harder for each dog to read each other. Absolutely. Yeah, and then there's the whole group of the guardians that we intentionally selected for dogs that weren't going to show much about how they felt. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love a good German Shepherd that's going to bark and snarl and lunge. And those, and, yeah. You know, as opposed to just that silent Mastiff type that waits stoically. Well, you shouldn't say you love it, but but you like the obvious body language. Of it. But I do love that. I do love the working lunch and Jeremy Shepherd because of the job. <laughs> but you know, there there's talking about German Shepherds. There's so much that's that's beautifully obvious with them, like their tails and their ears. So right. their ears tell so much. So let's get into the ears a little bit and and talk about you know, where the, where the ears, um, are held can tell us a lot too. So you have to look at the, at, at the dog in front of you and see where their position is like when they're relaxed, where does their, where do their ears sit? And then you can gauge from there when it looks different. 
such a good point. And that's why you noticed that Buddy was having a different emotional response because you know what he looks like in his happy natural state. Exactly, exactly. That, that context of change. Um, something, an interesting fact, and I can't remember which dog, you and I were working with a client together and you were talking about, you know, look at the base of the ears. Mm-hmm. Dog, do you remember? It was like I don't a, a, remember. I don't remember. And you were saying to the client, you know, it's hard to see in this dog because it had long floppy ears. Mm-hmm. You're letting them know, you know, the the spot where the ear matches the head is moving. See how it's twitching back. Yes, yes. And and that's the thing. If if the dog has droopy ears, it's very hard to see just that little bit of change there. Yeah. Um, whereas the German Shepherd is gonna show you. It's like this is neutral. Yeah. you know position and then and then forward mm. you probably see a lot of that right the forward um movement of the ears and then there's the ears to the side the the sexy flirty ears <laughs> I, and you, you know like certain breeds do it more like the pities i feel like they'll flip those ears out to the side yes and and then they'll uh, and then they'll they'll have the uh-huh. wiggly butt coming yeah, up at yeah. the same time yeah and then, you know, obviously we know then with the ears back, then that's like we were saying, like Buddy, that's where yeah. his ears were when he was unsure those ears were back. And sometimes you see the the body has a, it's much lower to the ground. You kind of see yeah. a little bit of squatting with maybe yeah. the back of the body down a little bit more. I know in the this book that I love, Dogs in Translation, uh, they talk about how the body's physically backing away. Mm-hmm. The way that we would back away if we were unsure. So the ears are literally moving back and away. You know, the the frame, the chest is backing away instead of leaning into something. Yes. And and have you ever just, just have you ever seen a dog that um, you know is unsure of you and comes up to you a little bit, but those back legs, they keep them as far back as they can. So they're stretching as much as they can. So they have like, this is my safe my legs are in the safe area. I'm going to kind of stretch over to you, but I'm going to make sure that I keep these legs back here because I might have to get back fast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and two more things about the ears. I also though want to talk about how sometimes like when my girl leave, who's normally got the prick straight up ears, mm-hmm. when she's super wiggly loose, happy, she gets her ears all the way back. Oh. And when I first met her, I was like, oh, she's afraid but she's not, that's like her highest level of happiness. And I don't even know how she gets them to go like that. She's uh-huh. just so that can be confusing. You know, so if the ears are tucked and pinned and tight, that stress, but for her, they're just like this kind of fluid, loose, it's, it's like she's smiling. And how do you, here, here's a great thing for everybody to, to know too, that you're, you know that because it's not just her ears that are telling you. Yeah, it's the whole body. Mm-hmm. We're looking at that whole sheet. That's that's kind of one word in the sentence of body language yes. and watching the rest of her doing a play bow, butt in the air, you know, loose wiggly tail. And she even like where where her head is, she kind of is moving it back and forth. <laughs> aging. The eyes are fascinating, too, and and something really to 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 pay attention to, because for us, first of all, looking straight into each other's eyes to say hello and all of that is is how we communicate but dogs they're they don't do a direct well they can do a direct stare but that's not that's not the natural way of greeting 
So let's talk about the eyes a little bit and, and different things that they can tell us and then how they're greed, how it works to greet another dog. Yeah, so interesting when I think about this. A couple things. One, humans, we have more white around our pupil mm. and that's because we communicate a lot with our eyes to each other. Dogs don't have that much white. There's a couple breeds like Pugs and the King Charles that have more. And supposedly that was done intentionally so they'd look like human children. Um, <laughs> but like, I was working with this beautiful Akita yesterday, Japanese Akita, who very dark eyes, um, narrow eyes. And it, it was so interesting to me that the, the eye movement wasn't matching what I was looking for. You know, it's like, I kept thinking in that case, I had to watch the direction of his nose. Oh. I wasn't getting that same information. Mm -hmm. um, what you said is so true that not all dogs want to look at our eyes. Yes. It, that whole idea of in the 90s, watch me, drove yes. me crazy. You know, there's everybody in the class with the treat between their eyes. Their watch eyes. me, watch <laughs> me, watch me. And the dogs are like, oh God, I don't want to look at your eyes. Like, stressed. I'm in this puppy class. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad we ditched that. Yeah. And then there's different things. And, you know, Kiva is the exception to that. She actually loves being close to your face and looking, looking in your eyes. I've never yeah. had a dog like that before. And if I ever saw that in a client's house, I'd be kind of, and there was kids there, I'd be like, yeah, let's not do that. Oh, yeah. Right. Because that's one way to get bitten. That's how kids get bitten. They go down there and they stare right into a dog's eyes. Um, and the dog goes, hey, uh, that's not comfortable at all. Um, so she she is the exception to that, but not anything that we would recommend <laughs> um, doing. Yeah. But then let's talk about um, like whale eye. Oh, yeah, whale eye. Yeah. So what does that look like? That's where you see that white of the eye. Yeah. And that there again, I think of that analogy of the body parts are literally moving away. Mm -hmm. The eyes like turning away to the side. And, you know, sometimes that's a dog who's very frightened. Yes. Sometimes it's a dog who's like, just kind of saying to another dog, like, hey, no pressure. We're all cool here. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not really looking at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of looking away. Yeah. Um, another thing, I keep watching you, your eyebrows are so expressive. I don't think I've ever noticed this before. Because <laughs> um, they're so big. <laughs> They're, they're just so expressive. And Emma keeps, um, you're doing a lot of furrowing your brow when you're doing these dog impressionations. We're, we're basically acting like dogs right now to each other. I know. We're, <laughs> it's a pity that there is no camera on here. But but yeah, I, I'm very like a visual learner. So I yeah. my hands are moving the whole time while I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm doing I'm the busy. tail with my arms and stuff. Like <laughs> you are. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. And sometimes you can see that with the dogs too. You can see kind of the brow. So that's one of the things with Kiva too. Um, the Rottweiler part of her has that like the, you can see like the brow kind of changes a little bit there. Um, and of course, sometimes they have the color that's a little different above the eyes and that can yeah. help as well. And, and dogs evolved to have that muscle on their foreheads. Wolves don't have it. Mm. Wolves can't wrinkle their foreheads. Um, and the theory is that that's literally dogs who were able to move their eyes together and make sad faces were given more affection and therefore natural selection, you know, more like, and also in shelters, they know this, that the dogs that have more control over their eyebrows are quicker to get adopted. Interesting. That's very they, interesting. Or if they give, you know, like just making a connection. Yeah. 
talking about shelters, when I worked in a local shelter here, one of the things I would always say to the volunteers is look for that lip licking. Mm -hmm. And that's when the dog's tongue comes out and it almost goes over their nose. And sometimes this happens, you know, naturally, like if they had something to eat or something like that. But a lot of the times it's a, it, you can see it like it's a little stress signal or a little calming signal that you see them doing. And once, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like you see it all the time then. Yeah, I know. That's one of the things I often point out to clients. Like if they, their dog has some fear of other dogs at a, at a great distance, we'll start to see that lip licking. Mm -hmm. And it's such a great signal. I keep saying great. Um, <laughs> the clear communication of, I'm not ready to keep going towards that dog. Yeah. Yeah. Or the person, you yeah. know, as well, Absolutely. you know, because like in the shelter environment, it was coming into the room. Yeah. So sometimes you would, you would see that as one of those first signals. And, and it's so, if you're not watching, you don't see it. But like I said, once you, once you have seen it once, yeah. then you see it all the time. You can, yeah, you spot absolutely. it constantly. Gosh, and there's just so much about dog lips mm -hmm. also. You know, it. we love that open mouth, breathing, taking scent in, relaxed, but when that mouth closes, and then yeah, if know. it closes, you know, and those lips pull back sometimes, we're watching mm -hmm. the, the elongating that closed mouth, that tension is building. Different though than, I, there's one of my favorite things in the world is a dog smile. Yes. When they pull back and they just share their friends like that. <laughs> Some people like don't don't um, really know the difference. Sometimes they think it's a growl, but it can be a submissive grin. Uh, and sometimes it can it can be hard. Again, you're looking at the whole body, but yeah. sometimes the dogs look like they're a little kind of reserved, and you're like, mm, are they growling? Because they look a little like they're a little unsure. But sometimes it's a submissive grin, like I'm yeah. absolutely no threat to you. I just you know. Yeah. Gosh, that reminds me of, you know, um, the, the idea of a dog looks guilty. Oh, yes. Um, we yeah. both, we can just say right now, we hate those videos of somebody that just came home and they see their house all messed up and they yeah. see a dog with that submissive grin and they go, look how guilty he is. That uh, drives me nuts. That, yeah, it, 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 it drives me nuts too. I just am like, all, all I'm seeing is the dog going, who's this crazy person that just came in the room and is telling me like all of a sudden, like, you know, but the reaction is from the person arriving in hours later is 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 the reaction you're getting from the dog right because we know that because when they did the setup in the scientific lab and they have the person come in happy and cheerful yes the dog acts the dog doesn't go oh you didn't see what i did mm. right so the dog responding so much to us in that moment sometimes we misinterpret that yes. we put you know those human characteristics on the dog but not all of the facial expressions are equal in terms of you know what we think a dog is feeling. So here's an interesting part though, about this guilt thing to just throw this in there, is my previous two dogs, Chance always got into mischief. I told you about all the stuff he used to bring into the backyard in one of our previous episodes. And if he ever got a hold of something he wasn't supposed to, then Dusty would walk to wherever we were Yes. And he'd his head would go a little low and, and I'd be like, oh man, what's what's Chance into? And I know that's prob probably because I go out there then and go, Chance, what are you doing? And Dusty was so sensitive. He's like, oh, oh, we're all in trouble. 
right? Yeah. So it's it's from probably one of my reactions is how he's doing it. But but I used to know every time Chance had something because he would just walk into the room and kind of go, mm -mm, I just want to let you know there might be something else going on outside you may not like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Charlie does that exact same thing. When I come in the door, there's times where Charlie, fun police, uh, is waiting for me and he's like, Mom, Mom, come with me. Come with me. And I and there's like Neve on my bed with the recycling bag, you know, just all over my bed. Um, and sometimes the dogs aren't talking to us. Sometimes we're watching dogs speaking dog to other dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Which is so fascinating. You know, not all breeds speak the same language. This is, this is true. This is true. Or even their play styles are 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 different. You know. Yeah. Like I, I often give the example of a, a border collie and a pity playing is kind of like somebody doing the waltz and somebody else tangoing and they're trying to do it together. <laughs> yes, except it's more like wrestling. Yeah. You know? So. Um, how do how do we know when like when your dog see an, or another dog is approaching them? How do we mm -hmm. know that? are interested in engaging with that dog yeah so here's the thing about about dogs greeting each other dogs greet each other a lot better off leash than they do on leash because yeah. first of all we're creating a false mm -hmm. setup for them right dogs that that want to get to know the other dog or move in and, and get to know them will kind of arc a little bit that's the polite way and that's the the very polite way and then and then they might go in and sniff the neck a little bit and go around to the bottom have a little sniff there come around again and they kind of do this lovely little circle dance yeah and then if right. everything is going smoothly they might move out of that a little bit mm -hmm. and not get and stuck yeah i was just gonna say that sometimes you know my clients dogs get stuck yes because we emma and i talk about like the three seconds in the front three seconds in the back and then disengage mm-hmm dogs um but if if your dog is nervous and they're three seconds in then sometimes they're like okay who's making the first move who's gonna move yeah. away you know and it's and it's a very it's a an interesting place to be as the person that's there with the dog because you don't really want to get in there but you might have to get in there a little bit to help out i i know uh dusty who i was just talking about he was not the greatest social dog like he just didn't know how to read the signals properly so he would go in there and then he'd go oh, oh i'm stuck yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do now so i actually had to teach him you can come out of that you yeah. don't have to stay there you know yeah. obviously and i didn't get in there and and tell him that because i wanted him to feel himself when he felt comfortable to move out but i just say you can come out and then then he would move out and he would be fine. But I think some of the situations he got himself into when he was younger made him feel like, you know, uh oh, it's, right. it's game on if either one of us move now. Right. And, and there again, thinking about those different breed groups, because for some dogs, that freeze mm -hmm. is a threat to another dog. Absolutely. And other dogs, that freeze is a, I'm frozen because I'm afraid. And that might be too submissive. It might annoy another dog. Yeah, it's 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 really a, a delicate uh, place to be, yeah. you know, you standing back there and being able to kind of watch it and kind of go, I don't know, this is a second from going wrong, but it might it might, you know, they might get out of it. And, and that sometimes happens. 
a very, uh, I want to say confident, but I don't necessarily think they're confident. And a shyer dog, they kind of get into it and there's a bit of posturing, like you see that body like being fluffed up and kind of like, hey, my muscles, yeah. let me show you my muscles and my, my, you know, my body is all like, uh -huh. like I'm taking a big deep breath and I'm walking around you. And the other dog is like, oh God, I'm just going to stay still because I don't know what's happening. It's just something that, that uh, communication wise, it's just something to kind of keep an eye on. And then, and then when they do want to play with each other, obviously, I bet you everybody knows what a play bow is. But do they know the difference between a prey bow and a play bow? Ah, listen, I have a little stalker in my house. She's not so little, <laughs> but I have to say, I'm Emma and I'm the trainer and my dog. She stalks dogs. That's the way she goes to say hi. And I really have to work hard to get her to disengage from that before she goes up to a dog, because that is really hard for the other dog yeah. to see a dog stalking them and then possibly running at them. But then obviously she doesn't do, go any further with that. She just stands there. But, you know, I don't want her doing that because it's it's not it doesn't feel comfortable to the other per the person with the other dog looking at yeah. her, too. So, you know, that that is not um, that is not the way you go to say hi to other dogs. Yeah, no, we so, want that in the air, loose body. Oh, you know, it's always about that loose body, right? Yes, so yes. They're in that play bow, but they're still super loose. And, you know, their front end is down low, the back end is high. That's my dog Mick has like the most beautiful play bow. And he's trying to get these three others to play all day long. Yes. And, and that's what it is. It's an invitation to let's go play. Yeah. You know, so I was he's in a nightclub and he's like, hey, want to dance? Yes. And what's interesting is so most of the time Mick offers the play bow to my other dogs. Sometimes Neve takes him up on it, but uh, he's just three times bigger than them, <laughs> uh, they will, will, they will yawn or look away or turn away or Dakota will do the lip lick, mm -hmm. you know, all of these signals saying to him like, eh, not so much, but I, I want to take your temperature down. I'm not into this. So, yeah. So those are, those are good communication signals from, from your dog. Yeah. And that's great that they communicate. They're communicating so well to say, yeah, not today. <laughs> I don't really feel like playing. When Kiva does that, to Buddy and Buddy wants to play, what does that look like? It's usually more, more, she does the play bow. She definitely does the little play bow, but his, his invite to play is, is zoom, 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 zoom. Okay. And that's, that's his invitation to, to play is like, he nice. just takes off and starts running around and is like, catch up with me. And that's one of the ones too, you know, we were talking about tail earlier on, but sometimes that tail and bottom end can be tucked in when they're yeah. doing those speedy racing around, um, which is really great when, when it looks like that and he's just inviting to play. What came into my mind there is sometimes when we don't go to dog parks, although we used, used I used to, um, with the previous dogs, I don't go with the, with these two just too much happens there. I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. Back in, back in the day. Right. But, you know, sometimes you look at dogs in the dog park and you look at one dog being chased and you go, Oh my goodness, they're having a lot of fun. All these dogs are chasing it, but you're looking at that, that dog in the front. And it's sometimes it, it has the back that's kind of tucked in and it's just trying to basically get away. 
and it goes the owner says go play go play exactly and you see the dog doing something that says i need to take a break this is too intense for me it does stuff like crouches under a chair goes behind its person tries to snap stop and sniff the ground like it's it's trying to say look at all the signals i'm giving you that i just need a little bit of a break because this isn't feeling so comfortable for you all of you or for me all of you chasing me and also what's interesting about that and we're talking about a little bit more about behavior now than the body language but that's the dog that most of the people at the dog park see acting out like giving a little snap to the an air snap to the dog or just growling at them and telling them to get back and they're like oh you know stop doing that that's but that's that dog going enough i've had enough i'm just telling you i've had enough you're not listening i need to i need to raise my voice a little bit to say this is what i need yep so true and if we can keep talking about those people at the dog park uh, <laughs> and that and the 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 owners of the dogs that are doing the chasing are saying to other people oh just let them work it out oh let dogs be dogs you yes. know and can you imagine if we just let two and three-year-olds work it out in preschool mm -hmm. And we handed them a bunch of knives and scissors and we said, oh, they'll just work it out. <laughs> and there is, there is a part where we do want the dogs to be independent and making those good choices on their own and, and, you know, getting into that. But when you see something that you could help make that path clearer for the dogs, then you should step in. You know, or you should say, my dog's had enough for today. I think I'm going to go. Or, uh, you know, if your dog is one of the chasers, mm -hmm. pulling your dog off and giving your dog a break. Exactly. Exactly. I think. Yeah. You know, when, when you were talking about like that dog feeling uncomfortable, sometimes you'll see that dog just stop and shake. And it's beautiful how that's very clear to other dogs. Like, oh, okay, hang on. We're taking a break. Shake off. You know, it's like, I always tell clients, it's like taking a big, deep sigh. Like, oh. And then, yeah, and you see it sometimes, too, if they've been in a position, you know, if they're in a place that they're not that comfortable with, and then they've moved out of that place, that shake does feel like it's like, yeah. made it, made it. When I had a dog boarding, uh, dog boarding business, often when the dogs would come in, I had like an airlock, and they'd come in and I'd give them a couple minutes just in the airlock after their human dropped them off. And that's where you would see that shake. Yes. It was kind of like, I made it through the first gate taking a breath and then all the other dogs would shake. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these are kind of contagious. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end, how we can yeah. speak. But it's kind of, it's kind of like us too, you know, where we have just rapport with each other and we kind of mimic each other. Yeah. The dogs do that with each other too. Yeah. That mirroring. Mm -hmm. uh, it, oh, and I want to talk about splitting. Splitting is my very oh, favorite. And I was just about to bring that up too, because I was like, oh, we were, you were just you were just getting some nice footage of, of splitting. So let's explain what splitting is. Um, and I earlier talked about Charlie being my fun police dog. Um, but it's this idea of literally coming in calmly and putting their body between two dogs where tension's rising. And so uh, that used to be Bear the Pug's job, which was pretty funny because he was the smallest of all the dogs. Um, but just, he could just, you know, ease his way between two dogs with his chest out and uh, just diffuse that tension. Mm -hmm. And usually the dog who's doing the splitting is pretty highly respected. So it just says to the other dogs, like, hey, knock it off. You need a moment. Yeah. And, and you see a lot of really 
uh, wonderful female dogs doing that. They just, they just, like there's nothing going on in their body. They're just walking right through there, just right in between them. Yeah. And then just like with that just very elegant movement through, yeah. the dogs are like, okay, we're going to just take a moment. It's like when I um, used to do lunch duty at the school and yard duty. And, you know, sometimes you just had to walk by a group of kids and the behavior would change. Something was going to happen. Yes, yes. So, you know, um, when you were in charge of the volunteers at the shelter, I bet you taught the people how they could go into a room with a shelter dog and sort of communicate, I'm cool, let's be relaxed, calm this. Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that you would teach people to do to speak dog? Well, one of the things, if if it was a shy dog, I would tell them no eye contact. I mean, like keep an eye on the dog, but no eye contact. Go in sideways. And if if it was a small dog, then maybe crouch down on the floor a little bit sideways and then just wait for the dog to come to you. So that all our body language is saying, hey, no threat. I'm just here to hang out with you. So that was one of the things with the um with the shy dogs with the more rambunctious dogs it was a little different you just kind of went in and said you know you kind of had this like I got this you know it was a different sort of body language you know you went in there not like domineering or anything you just went in there with like I got this and we're we're gonna get together and we're gonna take a walk but you know don't worry about things I got it you know I want to just I wanted to segue into you know you were talking about the difference between crouching and um, standing up tall. Yes. And that's a really important point to make because a lot of the dogs I'm working with, if there's any kind of fear aggressive behaviors and I crouch down Mm -hmm. and now I'm at their eye level, that can trigger them off. Yes. So So I I know know, a lot of my clients tell their guests to bend down and like reach out their hand with a treat. I'm like, no, no, no. Like if I came right up to you and walked into your face, like, you'd be like, whoa, right? Whereas if I kind of, well, if I danced up to you, that'd freak you out too. But, but, but if I just kind of came up like, like my own body, just kind of like, you know, relaxed and in my natural position and then came up and said, hi, uh, that's going to feel more comfortable to you. So, so we have to think it's the same with the dogs. Like, and I always think about, you know, dogs, there's this expectation that every dog wants to say hi to a person. And so we come up there super fast and go, can I pet your dog? And that hen comes over the head smell. and smell yeah, or hand. smell my hand. Yeah. I don't know where that ever came from. Like putting out your hand for a dog to check it out. That's that can be kind of threatening for a dog too to see that hand coming out there. I always think of um, Trish King teaching us, uh, show them your shoulder with your hands in your pockets. Yes. You know, that, Walking in shoulder first, basically, so that you're coming in at that diagonal, looking down in a way, hands in the pockets. And mm-hmm. um, and that's a cultural thing. You know, I don't understand. I wonder if that's the, the same thing in the rest of the world, this whole idea of like reaching your hand out, smell my hand. I think it's, you know, because we like greet each other with handshakes, you know, more so before COVID than now, yeah. <laughs> but you know. That, that was a way of greeting, and we thought, you know, somehow the dog sniffing our, our hands would make the dog more comfortable. <laughs> and then you get, you get the doodle that can't see because the hair is growing 
over their eyes and then yes. all of a sudden hand is in their face. And yes, exactly. Exactly. So one final point is when Em and I go in and we're looking at these dogs and we're making our observations, we're always looking to see is, are there any signs of pain? Mm -hmm. Is their health, um, you know, looking the way that it should? Is the back sloped or curved? Are the hips stiff when they're moving up and down? Um, is there any kind of limping? And that's a, a really important point to, you know, every couple of weeks, try to see your dog through new eyes to do that health check assessment. And I, I think that's really important to, to know your dog and what they, what they look like, you know, one moment and then you see something that changes. And I always, I always, um, you know, separate to the body language we're talking about here, but I always think like doing very light massage, you know, every so often with your dog is really good because you get to see if there's any change in the body. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a good thing as well. But um, definitely knowing how they hold themselves. Yep is really important the body language what it's telling you so then if there is any changes and obviously as they get older there will be changes but anything that you notice that looks significant that that may need yeah so. and then in you know, video and bringing it to the vet is so great because mm -hmm. often dogs aren't doing that in the moment during the vet exam yes or if your dog is doing something socially with another dog and you don't know if it's stressed or happy or is this play or are they trying to get away take a video and send it to em and i yeah so we um would love to put this out here we are challenging you to join our facebook group the dog chats facebook group you'll find the information in the show notes and we're challenging you just to post some videos of your dogs out walking playing anything like that tell Perfect. us what you see Maybe we all, we all put in what we see is going on with them and have some fun with that. So hopefully after this episode, you're going to be able to know how your dog is feeling, know what your dog is saying to you, what your dog is saying to other dogs, and even speak a little dog yourself with your own body language. If you're really interested in body language and you want another resource, Em and I um, have two books that we love. Mine is called Dogs in Translation, and it's by Kraus and Mao, and that'll be in the show notes below. And Doggy Language by Lily Chin is wonderful. Lots of illustrations on dog body language. Excellent. Looking forward to seeing your posts and videos in the Facebook group. Thanks for tuning in today and hope you'll join us for our next episode. You can reach Emma at ecdogtraining.com or on Instagram at ecdog underscore training and Kirsten at kwhappydogs.com or on Facebook at kwhappydogs. Don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.